Welcome to episode six of Hair Biz Radio. You're tuned in with Zakira and Mikey. And we have the beautiful Jules in the building with us today. She is a natural hairstylist guru. (laughs) (laughs) Guru. I like it. And she has been in the hair industry for a little over eight years. About eight years. About eight years Mm -hmm. now. So we're just going to go ahead and dive right into the episode. Let's talk about our week so far. We're just killing it. I can actually say yesterday was the second busiest day for our online store in it history. It was. It was. So sales were absolutely rocking yesterday. Thank God we have our extra staff for shipping. Uh, oh, so yeah. we got all the orders out. So it's awesome to have like a record day, but then get all the orders out. So excited about that. Stopped by the new space today. Aww, so it looks so good. Oh, it's gonna be a weave heaven. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. be it's four thousand square feet of well, right now it's just concrete floors and open ceilings. But, open ceiling. <laughs> but we're gonna make sure Zakir has a nice office, you know, HD That's that so records cool. this. She's gonna have her own studio space for video for this podcast. So when you come back next year as a guest, it's gonna be like in this nice studio, or maybe we'll have some natural hair like videos that we can make together because we're huge in video okay. uh, you know so we're going to bring stylists in so if you're a stylist that wants to be part of some awesome video series we're actually talking about have you seen our i know zakira has but jules mm-hmm. have you seen our weave dealer videos from like earlier or late last year i've seen some videos that pop up on my youtube but okay. i'm not sure if it's that one yeah so our <laughs> idea was about a year ago when we brought on hd we're like hey i was like we got to create this like inside similar to this podcast that's mm-hmm. like all about the hair business. I was like, we got to create a video series so that way people can really connect with us and kind of see the inside of a hair business, yeah. right? So we started doing this. We shot four episodes and then our business just started blowing up. And then everyone was just too busy to shoot this video series. But it's like HD and I thought of at the same time, maybe we should bring back Weave Dealer. Yeah. It's called Weave Dealer. Maybe we should bring it back. So it's just you're in the office and it's like the camera. It's mm-hmm. kind of like a reality thing. So yeah, we're talking about that. You yeah, know? Mikey's like a YouTube celebrity. So <laughs> Oh, <laughs> if you search Mikey Moran on YouTube, you will see I have oh. over 200 subscribers. 200. <laughs> well, you know what I did? It's like I'm all about education. And if you're, you know, we have the start a hair business Facebook group, make sure you join. But Mm. if you see that, you know, we're really big on education Mm because I think that's really the difference between people that make money and people that make money. Right. Money. It's it's really education and it's great to be able to teach people. And that's what Buzz Zakir and I like to do. Right. So, um, Mikey, let's talk about this, how good this podcast has been doing. Like we just launched it. We just launched a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. We are, you know, Couple thousand downloads already, which is pretty good for that a new podcast. Yeah, within That's the not first two good. weeks. Yeah, first couple weeks. So hopefully you subscribed if you're listening to this. Leave an awesome <laughs> rating review. We won't be mad. And then also, oh, so if you're listening to this, make sure you go back to episode five. And we have a giveaway in that episode. We're not yes. going to say what it is, but make, make sure, sure you go take back. Advantage of it. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, we got. We just have so much going on. And you know, it's funny. I I call my mom every night when I'm on my way home. <laughs> Mom. At various times, yeah, my mom, she's a baller. I'm going to get her like baller mom shirt because she's like, says baller mom. So, you know, she always, always like, what's going on? And it's, she's like, always, you guys have so much going on yeah. there. It's every day here. It's, it's really a production. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have so much going on. So definitely. Yeah, it's cool. But we're excited because Jules, we spoke for a few minutes and we were talking about kind of what she's been doing and some of her experience. And I think it's going to be great especially for hairstylists just getting into the industry or people that are currently have booth rent somewhere or something like that. So we can talk about how she's in, you're in a salon suite or salon loft. What is, what kind of situation? It's a salon suite, but they're kind of the same. Lofts and suites are pretty much the same. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we're really excited to hear all the information you need to know, the pros, cons, this, that, and the other about your new stylist should you go directly into one you have booth rent or you're working for a stylist Mm -hmm. what is the transition period and kind of some of your history and feedback from you because you've been through it all and you've been doing this for many years (laughs) and you've had your space now for a couple years so you know we're definitely going to get into that so jules is also a freelance writer for private level extensions and she gives out so much good information to our readers right now we average about how many readers a, a month? A lot. 
Alas. I'm not going to give out the number of the podcast. I'm not trying to, but yes, yeah, pretty, it's you know, fun. it's we, <laughs> Jules sees the numbers. So I yeah, put the numbers so. that we have like a private Facebook group for our writers. We have about a dozen writers now. We're yeah. looking to get a couple more. So yeah, it's pretty legit. You mm-hmm. know, your stuff's getting read, Jules. Don't worry. Yeah, You're so not she, writing for nothing. <laughs> so she gives out a ton of great information to our readers. So she's been a, a great addition to Private Label Extensions blog. But let's get into some of your background. Like what made you want to start in the hair industry and how did you get started with your salon and you have a product line out too let's talk about that well i started okay well backtrack my story isn't that great i'm just gonna tell you right (laughs) now but when i was in high school i honestly didn't know what i wanted to do and i didn't want to waste money going to college because i knew a lot of adults were saying that they wasted i don't know how much money going to college and then not even staying in their career so Senior year, I didn't want to waste money, but I did know that I was good at doing hair because I used to do everybody, like literally everybody's hair when I was in high school. It was ridiculous. Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, But when I graduated, I enrolled in beauty school the same month that I graduated. So I didn't even have a summer off. I literally just kind of enrolled and I went in there and that was in 2008. So 2010, I already had my license. I already started working in the salon and I knew that I wanted to do it because I liked doing it and it didn't feel like a job. I liked catering to my clients and making sure they look pretty and feel pretty and stuff like that. So yeah, I started my career in 2010, um, which is pretty cool because I was only 20 and I had already knew what career I wanted to do and I kind of stuck with it since then. And I've been in I don't know how many salons since then, but the last salon that I was at about two years ago was the one that really introduced me to natural hair. Um, And I really fell in love with it then. And I started catering to actual people's textures and not trying to change their texture. So two years ago, I really decided to work with my client's curl definition, which everyone doesn't just have like, you know, from birth. So I tried to start training uh, my clients' curls, and they were seeing a difference in their hair. People that didn't think that they had curls before, they were actually seeing their curl pattern like popping after that. So our specialty is curl training, and I've had my salon suite for two years, so I've been on my own for two years. And yeah, all things natural. My brand, by the way, is Embrace Me Naturally. So oh, yeah, that what type of products perfectly. is it? It's vegan products, but it's catered ah, to natural hair. Yeah. Okay. So seven out of 10 products are vegan. The other ones aren't just, they're not vegan because they have like silk or collagen in it, which isn't really vegan, but. I know I'm wearing a hat today, but just to let you know, I'm natural. Okay. <laughs> I figured that. <laughs> so I always have problems with wearing, I've been natural for like nine years and I always have problems wearing my natural hair because I don't know how to tame my curls. So like, they'll be really pretty when my hair is wet, but then once it dries, it's like a big bush on that's top of my head is. and that's not cute. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, definitely. I need to come visit you for some curl training for Absolutely. sure. But let's talk about, so in our Facebook group, as Mikey mentioned, the Start a Hair Business group, we have a lot of people who sell the private label hair extensions. And so we got into, not too long ago, more natural curl curl patterns. So like we have the 4C hair, we have the Afro kinky, kinky mm-hmm. curly. A lot of people don't know the difference between like the 4C hair, maybe the 4A or the 4B hair. Um, talk a little bit about the difference between those and what hair types go better with texture. Well, it's interesting that you asked me that because I don't hair type. But for the purpose of this podcast, usually people think about 4C as literally the tightest, the less manageable hair type. And it's it's not the most sought after, but you can actually do a lot with it. And people probably want to do more weaves when they have 4C hair because they have so much shrinkage in their natural state. So they probably do want a little more length and 4C probably looks a little thinner than like someone else's hair. So they probably want the fullness. But when it comes to textures and extensions, I just tell them to find the texture, I mean, find the extensions that look like your texture. But it's tricky when you try to tell people which type to look for, because it's not necessarily catering to the different types on their head and where those types are. So I I don't necessarily tell them like what type to go with. I tell them like if your hair is in a wash and go, then try to figure out what your curl looks like when it's in its natural curly state, if you're going to wear it like that. Right. Got it. So we have the 4C clip-ins. And so we have, those are actually hot on the market right now. We like saw people so many are of those loving clip-ins. Them. I would imagine. Yeah. People are loving those. So after they come get their hair curl trained and then they may want that extra volume, they'll come and get the 4C clip-ins to match their texture in their hair. Talk a little bit about 
if you think why it's important to wear the <laughs> like clip-ins instead of a sew-in. Yeah, clip-ins. I actually prefer, like I would tell my clients to do clip-ins instead of a sew-in because a lot of naturals do need to shampoo their hair like every week if they're having a scalp issue or if they need to be deep conditioning their hair often or steaming their hair often. And when you have braids and then it's under a wig or it's under a cap and then a sew-in, it kind of doesn't allow you to get to your hair and actually care for it and clean it. So I would prefer my clients to wear clip-ins because you literally just pop them right out and you can moisturize your own hair, shampoo your own hair. And for a lot of people, because they do kind of hide behind their um, sew-ins and stuff, clip-ins are the best way to take care of your hair and not forget about your hair, but then also, you know, wear cute, full, long styles. Right. So um, a lot of times people don't take care of their hair under like their sew-ins. And then some people don't even know how to check their hair porosity or what hair porosity is. So can you... Tell our listeners, what is hair porosity and how do you check that? Porosity is the ability that your hair has to bring in water and then retain it or moisture. People say moisture, but water mainly. So if your hair doesn't really bring in water easily, then you would have low porosity. But if your hair brings in water very easily, like a sponge, like as soon as you wet it, your hair is just like really wet and then you would have high porosity hair. There's three ways to test it, but stylists laugh at those ways because it's not it's not going to give you a definite answer. And it has like people like, I really don't know what my porosity is. But one is spraying your hair when it's dry with a water bottle. And if you see little water droplets on top of your hair, then you would have low porosity, meaning your cuticle didn't easily allow the water to come in. But if you spray your hair and your hair instantly like puffs up, then you would have high porosity hair. Then there's the infamous cup in a, the water in a cup trick where you put your strand in the cup and then if it floats, it's low porosity, meaning the water didn't easily go in. And if it sinks all the way to the bottom, then it's high porosity, meaning the cuticle is wide open. So water is coming in and out really quickly. So talk a little bit about how you can maintain um, healthy hair if you wear hair extensions. So like a lot of times, maybe you get some people who wear sew-ins and then they come to you and like, hey, my hair is breaking off or hey, you know, my hair isn't as healthy as I want it to be. What is that process of training your natural hair back to life? It's interesting that you mentioned that because I just wrote an article <laughs> for you guys. About Ooh, <laughs> love um, and it's already published, but it is, I was talking about how to care for your hair underneath um, a wig or a a weave, I keep saying wig, but a weave. But the main things are cleaning it because a lot of people feel like I have a weave so I don't have to shampoo my hair every two weeks like I normally would, but you do. So it's not like when you get a weave, you can just cancel all your hair appointments at the salon or just <laughs> stop shampooing your hair. Um, shampooing it is a big thing and making sure your braids and your scalp are dry after the shampooing process is a big thing because if you allow your, your braids or your scalp to air dry over a course of eight hours or longer, that's when people People get the bacteria and like all the fungal infections and then they take out the weave and their hair is like a matted mess. So shampooing your hair and just making sure you go under a dryer like after you shampoo your hair to make sure those braids are dry. Mm, I like that. Let me take you back about seven years. <laughs> all right. So your first job, you were working inside a salon working for someone? Yes. Was it a booth rent situation or were you just like working for a stylist, understudy? How does that work? I've never done booth rent. I've okay. always done commission. Booth rent is not ideal when you're starting off because you don't know where your next dollar is coming from. Um, and because I moved from so many different salons because I was never happy at them, it wasn't. It didn't make sense for me to be booth rent if I didn't know if my clientele would follow me. So I've always been commissioned. Um, and actually, the first salon I ever worked at was an all Caucasian salon. So we did cut and color and I really wasn't even introduced to natural hair because I had a relaxer myself. But, you know, they were so nice there. They taught me a lot about coloring and cutting and customer service, which was really big that you don't really learn in school. They just kind of make you pass the stay board and kind of kick you out. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I learned a lot at that salon. And then from then on, I went to other like black salons. Can you think of a couple going into salons and working with other stylists and such? What are a couple of their customer service downfalls that you see on a consistent basis? What mistakes you as a now a long-term stylist, what mistakes customer service-wise are people making that they might not even realize? So <laughs> she took a nice deep breath there. there. Oh my God. It must be something we got something good coming. I have like because I pay attention to detail, it's just my personality. I have a lot of pet peeves that I have also learned are 
clients' pet peeves. One is double, triple booking. Clients don't like that. I don't even <laughs> understand why stylists do it because it stresses you out. Oh my God. You don't have time to <laughs> chill or sit or eat or respond to a text. But um, double, triple booking, it's like super known. People feel like I'm going to go to the salon and be here all day. That's just what they feel like. But when they come to me, you're the only person in my chair. And if somebody walks in, it's usually the last 30 minutes of your appointment. And then you're kind of just swapping seats. Another thing is the education, because you're used to sitting in a chair and just getting your hair done, telling them the style that you want, but they don't really tell you like what's going on with your hair and why or asking questions. At my salon, we consult for like the first 10 to 15 minutes. And by then we're sold like they're just sold on us because they're like nobody else really sits down and talks to me about what I'm doing wrong. And then the other thing I would just be I would say is having the right intentions because unfortunately, this is kind of like a hustle type of industry. So people do it for the money and they do it because it is quick money. You always have cash. You all, I mean, I forget where my tips are sometimes because people always just give you money throughout the day. But if you don't do it for the right reasons, you will always have like that revolving door of clients. And I, I make sure that I, I pay attention to my clients and I ask them questions. And the consultation is all ongoing, even when they're coming back. And I've, I just saw them two weeks ago. I still ask them questions. So Okay. So as far as the double booking or triple booking, I don't experience that. I literally go to, oh great, I go to great clips. I do it on the <laughs> app. I show up. They know me. I've been going to the same place, like, you know, whatever, real quick. So I like to kind of dig in on these issues, right? So like the double, triple booking, I'm thinking... Is it because a lot of time people cancel their appointments and they're just like, oh, someone's going to show up or people just do it like. Oh, it's so. Oh, my God. Is it like a United Airlines like overbooking and it's the same thing? It's It's like it's worse. Yes. I booked an appointment one time um, with a hairstylist here in Atlanta and my appointment was for 6 p.m. Guess what time I got in the chair? 6.15? 9.30. 9.30. I was so irritated. Were you waiting because other people were in the chair or the person was taking their time? Uh, both. I don't know. Uh, it was okay. just both. It was That's a disaster. <laughs> yeah. So you got in at 9.30 and ended when? Uh, maybe almost 11. Like, I couldn't go get my nails done. I had a flight the next morning. It was terrible. <laughs> oh, my God. A lot of my clients tell me that they used to go to like celebrity stylists because there's so many in Atlanta and they just stopped because after that you don't even see the celebrity stylist anymore you just see their assistant or you're like literally waiting for them all day because they've gotten so big so I try not to to get on that level <laughs> wow <laughs> so you were working you were working as a commission stylist for a while and then what made you want to take the leap into getting your own space I listen to people around me a lot because I doubt myself And there was a season, it was like winter of the year that I left that everybody kept asking me, when am I going to get my own salon? And I'm like, I don't want one. Like, (laughs) that's just too much. It's just too much to do. But then I also started to realize that I was work. I was like overworking where I was and there wasn't a spot to be a salon manager as a stylist. Like you couldn't be both. So I was kind of working my way out of the door. Like I started from way back by the shampoo bowl and now I'm like by the front door, which is good in women's salons, maybe bad in yeah. men's, um, barbers, but it's good when you're the first station. So when I was there, my clients used to joke about it. The st- other stylists used to joke about it like, when are you leaving? Because there's nowhere else for you to go. <laughs> so I started looking into it. And then of course, you know, when you're not happy somewhere, or when you don't feel fulfilled somewhere, then you kind of just search for other options. But that honestly wasn't the goal. Me traveling and speaking and educating about curl training and about natural hair theory was my passion. That's what I really wanted to do. Oh, nice. Hopefully we can get some YouTube videos of you talking about this passion of curls. <laughs> I know some girls that would like to watch that. And we need some subscribers on our YouTube channel. True. True. Yeah, no, that's great. So you decided, you know what, I'm going for this. What was the next step? Did you look at multiple locations or did you always have like that one location in the back of your mind? What did that look like? So tying in my attention to detail and the fact that I doubt myself a lot, I spent wakeless hours making my business plan, which was so unnecessary because I didn't <laughs> need it. Not saying don't make a business right. plan because make a business plan, but I literally lived at my computer desk for a month. And I made my business plan because I wanted to be sure I understood what I was getting into. That was when I didn't even know salon suites were a thing. 
So I was trying to make a business plan to have a whole building and like hire all these people. And then I started researching salons and then suites kept popping up next to it. And then that's when I was like, oh, wow, this is pretty cool. It's like in between being, you know, someone's employee and then actually having your own. So I only went to three. And the one that I'm at right now, I totally love the owners. It's a husband and a wife. And they're, they make it easy for you to transition. And that's what you really want when you're about to get into something like that. Okay. So it's not one of the big corporate salon suites. Well, salons by JC, it actually is. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're, um, yeah. You can franchise. So oh, okay. it's pretty big. And you pay for that. Is it something you pay weekly or monthly? Now that I, it's like rent. So okay. yeah, so we pay weekly rent or you could just pay the whole month if you want to. Okay. So the salon suites, you get the space and I know it has some of the equipment already inside. So as a stylist, what are some of the things that a new stylist would need to prepare for to bring into the salon suite with them? So when you go into a salon suite, the only thing that's there is the sink and maybe the shampoo bowl, but everything else you have to bring in yourself. So you have to already have what products that you want to use. You have to already have the decoration or it will be like blah and people won't really want to be there. You have to bring your own TV and stuff like that. And of course, your own scheduling system, your own checkout system. Like it literally is a mini salon. Of course, you don't have to pay for like gas or water, but besides that, paying the rent and keeping like your, your stock full and all of that and cleanliness because they don't come in and like clean your room for you or anything like that. All of that you have to do by yourself. Okay. Do you see some of the salon suites? They're not that clean or are you pretty persistent about being clean or some tips? What's that? What's going on with that? No, they're pretty clean. People just don't personalize them. Like they don't make them like their own. So okay. like sometimes you'll go into a salon suite and it will just look like you know, like the off-white colored walls and stuff. And you didn't really like go in and paint or put up anything to like make it really personalized compared to whatever your brand is. So when I went in there, I made sure the walls matched my logo and all that stuff. So. Okay. So you, you did it right, huh? I tried. Okay. I, I grew out of three salon suites in less than 12 months. So now I'm in the biggest one you could possibly be in. And they actually had to knock down a wall and combine two double suites for the one that I'm in right now. So you were at the same one and you kept moving spaces? Yeah. Oh, wow. Look at you, growth. Uh, yeah, it just it just happens. So you have multiple, multiple stylists. I have one stylist and her name is Micah. She, we worked together at the last salon that I worked at. So I really trust her and we kind of have like the same vibe going on and she trusts me. So I brought her in after I was already at the salon for a year. The salon oh, suites. nice. So as far as like a point of sale system, right? So what point of sale system do you use? Or is it like great or are you looking to upgrade or what's what's that look like? Well, a lot of people use the checkout system to be the same point of sale system. So like for me, I check out with Vagara, which is really big in the industry that I'm in, but I don't really like the percentage that they take away from businesses. So I use Chase Bank to actually do the transaction. So yeah, Chase Bank has been great. I like all of my money to be in one spot. So my business account, my personal account, my credit cards, all of that is with Chase Bank. Oh, okay. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, like Chase. Yeah. Chase Bank calling to be a sponsor <laughs> for Hair Biz Radio yeah. because all the hairstylists need to be with Chase Bank. They really do because when you just like when you do your transactions through your scheduling company, those percentages like the interest is ridiculous, and people don't even look into that because, like I said, our industry is fast money. So we're like, oh, I got it. It doesn't matter if it's two point three percent or three percent, but you got to look into that because. You'll be losing a lot of money. Oh, trust me. We (laughs) fight. We talk about this actually all the time with Shopify. So (laughs) Shopify, probably not going to be our sponsor. That's okay. But their, their system is amazing. I'm talking top tier for everything but hair because they don't process payments for hair extensions. You have to get a third party provider like a PayPal and Authorize.net and they charge an additional 1%. And the people we talk to are like, oh, that's not really a big deal. And I said, if you plan on selling a lot, even a medium amount, Trust me, 1% really adds up. Yeah, especially when they try to do the whole, like it's 1% and then it's plus 10 cents for every transaction. All that little, the little, you know, words that yeah. they try to throw into the contract is ridiculous. Yeah, because Shopify charges you 1%, PayPal charges you 2.9% plus 30 cents. Yes. There's a lot of people making money off you. Right. <laughs> a yeah. lot. A yeah. lot. Yeah. So um, we talk about branding in the hair industry um, a lot. A lot of people struggle with 
branding themselves when it comes to building hair salons or building hair clientele or whatever the case may be. We see Embrace Me Naturally out here heavy. Tell us a little bit about how you went about branding yourself and your salon. Unfortunately, I kind of tripped into it. So (laughs) it's weird because everything I was doing at the beginning is exactly what I needed to do. And I'm just going to say that was God because I didn't know like the algorithms of Instagram or anything like that. I literally just said, I want my clients to be natural and I want them to embrace it. Embrace me naturally. Like that's oh, wow. my name. Yeah. Oh, nice. Then, yeah, I like that. Um, I I went with someone for a logo. I didn't like it. Then the second person that I had, the logo was perfect. And Your then, logo you know, is so nice. Thank <laughs> you. So it things kind of fell in my lap, which I re- that's why I feel like this is what I need to be doing. Because when you're kind of fighting with the process, it, it doesn't seem like it's supposed to be for you, unfortunately. Like when you're fighting against every little step, like the logo, all oh, that's not working out, or I'm trying to get a salon studio, then that's not working out. So everything really fell in place. Even starting the product line, it, it all fell in place for me. So we have a lot of people um, interested in starting product lines. Mm-hmm. Talk about the struggle of starting a product line, or if it was easy, talk about how easy it was. Um, but we have a lot of people that ask us about product, mm-hmm. like hair products. The struggle is trust and money. Because the company that I'm with now, I've switched one time, but the company that I'm with now literally tells you what you're going to spend out the gate. Other companies, they'll tell you, like, you can start off with only $500, but there's no way you can make a whole product line with $500. So, <laughs> no way. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I started with one company. And, of course, I'm not going to say the name, but I started with one company, like a private label, like what you guys do. Some private labels allow you to come in and change their formula and then others don't. They literally want you to use what they've tested. So the first one I did and I came and I changed stuff around and I said, no, I want this essential oil, this carrier oil. But the customer service, unfortunately, and like the business of that product line, that that business, it didn't sit well with me. I like people to like answer my questions and be timely and be right with my money and stuff like that. So I went with another company that was way more professional and that really gave you the whole rundown on how to start a business. So when it comes to products, you can search product private labels and do it that way. Just if you do it that way, I wouldn't lie about it because like a lot of companies that I see on Instagram, I know what private label they went with because they're all actually using the same name. So I know what private label they went with, but then they'll say like, you know, I make these myself and stuff. And you don't have to lie about that because people are going to figure out that you got that from another business or another company. So the products that we have now, the vegan ones, they are private label products and we did not mess with or tamper the ingredient list at all. We actually really trust the company and we they allow us you to like come in and rebrand it your, your own way and pick whatever products that you want that would best suit what you do at your salon. Vegan products. Why, what made you want to go with vegan products? I just love the whole vegetable protein thing because you can use man-made ingredients. They're not going to kill you like mm-hmm. all the time. They're they're in everything, honestly. You said all the time. Does it kill you sometimes? <laughs> like, what do we need to know here? Like the man-made ingredients and like all these other things. I just find it better for what I'm doing because I'm actually trying to define what's already naturally there. I find it better to use vegan products and to use lighter products because when you use heavier products or man-made products, it alters, it temporarily, which is bad, alters the way that your hair looks and feels and the health of it. And I really want like lasting results. I want like what you see when you leave the salon to be the same when you go wash your hair at home. So I like it. I like it. Are you vegan? I'm not. I was vegan for like three months and then I was like, I need to eat something. And then I was pescatarian for four months and then I found out that I shouldn't be eating seafood. Like, Oh, wow. So you're like a fraudulent vegan. Yeah. I dabble. (laughs) I dabble. People mess with me all the time because I'll go sometimes without eating meat and they're like, yeah, you're fraudulent. (laughs) Yeah. Your body tells you what you want, though. Yeah. When I want chicken, I just want chicken. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I try to do a meatless Monday. You ever heard of that meatless Monday? Yeah. Taco yeah, so my fr- yeah, my <laughs> friends have my you know, I was in the food industry, so I have a lot of friends that still have food products mm-hmm. and they always promoted a meatless Monday. They had this pilaf product called garlic clove foods. So meatless Monday was always good. I'd go to Chipotle, get like the beans, the guacamole, which costs extra, plenty yeah. of salsa, mm-hmm. everything. And I was like, and then yeah, that's pretty much it. And it was pretty good. Yeah. I used to get full off of sides only and I loved it. I don't yeah. always want meat. <laughs> 
So you talked about being in and moving a couple spaces. What made you have to move into such a large space or breaking down walls and all this other stuff in the salon suite? What was it just your business just blew up and you thought bringing someone else in was a good idea? At what point did you know that you needed to do this? When I wasn't taking new clients anymore. And it's interesting because I was watching someone's interview and she was saying to never say you you don't take new clients, which I started saying. I started telling people like, oh, I don't take new clients. So I used to refer them to the salon that I used to work at. Work at. And after I saw that interview and she was like, if you close off your business, then people will always think that you're not touchable. And then they never will want to book with you. They'll just look at you as motivation. So after that, I was like, you know, I need bigger space for a better experience for one, because right now it's only the shampoo chair and then my chair. So I want, you know, people to come in and be able to sit down and get whatever they want. So um, I needed a bigger space for that. And then I also needed a bigger space to bring somebody in because that was when I was traveling and speaking a lot. And um, I was doing, you know, other stuff with my education because I was teaching stylists too. So I kind of wanted to step away a little bit, still be a full-time stylist, but step away a little bit. And the only way I can do that is bringing someone else in and trusting them. Yeah, it's funny you talk about, you know, the experience and we're all about the experience. And when we first got started in like last year in 2016, you'd come into our showroom. It's so pretty. It's such a good experience. And now it's literally a madhouse. <laughs> we took over the space next to us, the space across from us. Obviously, we're in the studio down the hall. Mm-hmm. We had to take over these spaces. And it's still, because we've grown so much, still a madhouse. So I apologize if the experience is not like so amazing <laughs> when you come in there and you're just like, oh, my God, there's so many people here. So that's part of what we're looking at with our new space, our colors, you know, are we going to have places to sit? We're actually building out a nice little conference room. So if it's someone that wants to start a hair business and it's something, you know, a little bit more private environment, they'll be able to go into the conference room. And then we'll obviously have offices and other stuff up sales. So it's not so much like customer service and everything in the office. I mean, you saw it when you when you first walked up, you're like, oh my God, this is, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's kind of crazy. I mean, we even, we initially started that. We packed all the orders out of there. We did everything out of that showroom. And then Earlier this year, we got a warehouse. So most of our packing and shipping goes out of the warehouse, but now our order volume picked up so much, we have to still pack and ship so much here. And it's just been crazy. But yeah, the experience, I think a lot of people forget about it when you walk into a place, how important it is. So if you're like a stylist, think about your colors, the matching stuff. It's all really, really important. And it might not be something someone notices right away, but it kind of all will start to tie together after Mm -hmm. they go to your website and such. Absolutely. Speaking of that, do you take bookings? How do people book you for their hair appointments? All my booking is done online. So I get some flack about that because some people are like, Why can't I just book over the phone? But the reason why I don't do that is because a lot gets lost through talking and even texting, unfortunately, because I love texting, but a lot can get lost through that too. I need everyone to like read my policies so that they don't come with like five kids or, you know, and just (laughs) take up all my seating or anything like that. So I book online. I actually prefer most professionals to book online because that way they do see the policies. They do see how much something is. They do see how long the duration of the service is. So yeah, um, automated is definitely the way to go. So you think it's real important for everybody to see this upfront before coming to see not only you, but other stylists. You do have policies. You can't just show up all willy nilly. Absolutely. (laughs) And I believe in referrals too. It may be like at a certain time in your career that that matters to you, but it matters to me because I don't just want anybody as my client. And it sounds crazy, but like my boyfriend or my daughter would want to pass on my card. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 don't. <laughs> don't do not do that. Like they don't want to go to Kroger and just like do this. And I'm like, no, I like to know who my clients are. And I, and it, it does make a difference because if someone just walks in and says, you know, like how much is a blowout or whatever, dang, it's that much. But if someone comes in knowing who you are and they've heard of you, it's like a totally different respect in what they expect when they walk into the salon. Gotcha. So what, what's the actual program you use or booking? Did you go through a couple different booking programs or? No, I've been using Vigaro for a few years now. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's like salon and spa booking. So how much does that cost per month for that software? It costs $25 and every other employee that you add is $10. So right now I'm at 35 because I have the other stylists. Right. Very reasonable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very reasonable. I know a lot of people we talk to because I've been working on an app situation. Ooh, I don't know what to call it. Situation. An app business for <laughs> 
makeup artists and hairstylists where they would have their own app and you can actually do all the booking and everything on the app and it would integrate with different platforms. And this is the first time I've heard of this one. Yeah. Of course, I'm not really big into the booking business, but that's why I like asking for feedback and talking to people about what systems they use. What's the one that everyone uses? Stassi or Acuity. Acuity. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Acuity. So something like Styleseed is cool, but you're on this platform that's not yours. It's kind of like all these people. And that's why my theory is, and they have some other things, kind of marketplaces for stylists and other stuff. But really, I think of a stylist had their own mobile app that you could use for booking. Yeah. Baller. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they are going to be so hype about this. Yeah. And it's something I just know how to do it. I have all the stuff ready to do this. I just don't have the time at this point. So maybe like beginning of next year after we hire more employees, get more systems in place and everything else. You know, so it's just. I would definitely test that. That seems pretty cool. We got a tester, Zakira. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's one thing about stylists and makeup artists, especially they like to have their own stuff. Yeah. You know, for their branding and everything else. They want to be the boss. I understand whether they're making seven figures a year, six figures, five figures, whatever it is. They just like to have their own stuff, but there's not really, it hasn't really been done that much that makes it easy for them to do so. So, I mean, that's kind of our whole concept with private label extensions and then our sister site, Dropship Bundles, where we do kind of one-stop shop. We do your website, your branding, your packaging, everything, because it's not really that much out there that can do that and do it well. Right. Speaking of Dropship Bundles, there is somebody that literally copied my whole website and it's like, Cool. I don't mind if you copy my, I'm sorry, I just have to go off on a little tangent because I looked at this lady's site last night. So I don't care if you copy the concept of dropship bundles and what we do, because I think we're going to do it better than anyone else because we are, especially me, I am literally psycho about this stuff. Psycho. Psycho. I like want to be the Amazon of hair. I want to make sure that all the clients are happy. We're getting the package down, everything. So if you want to create your own dropshipping system and sell websites and all the stuff, kind of how we do it, we use the best top tier hosting. You're not going to do better than us on all this stuff. I already know. (laughs) But don't go to my website and copy all my text. Like literally, that is so frustrating. I can't even tell you. I need to just send them a legal letter or something. If you're young, getting into a business, don't go to a hairstylist page or this, that, the other, and just copy and paste all the text. That is, it is just such bad business. And I sent her an email. Of course, she didn't reply. I was trying to be nice. Like, hey, you might have did this by accident. Wink, wink. I know it wasn't (laughs) a damn accident. Copy, paste, cut, paste, whatever. (laughs) Okay. But just that's like we're talking about the hair business or any business like that's honestly not cool. Yeah, I actually go through that a lot because it's funny because I only have like 3000 followers, but I always end up finding someone saying something that I have literally originally said. So like with the whole curl training process, I made up that definition like just one day. Someone kept asking me and I'm like, let me just actually sit down and make a definition for what curl training is. And now I actually see people use that in their bios. Like we curl train over here and that's exactly what's on my Instagram. Yeah. So I mean, but when people do that though, one, they have to be, since they're behind you, they have to wait for you to make a move. So you're always going to be ahead. And for two, they never know your reasoning for doing it. So you may have a certain reason for making this something like something specific, but if they don't have the reasoning to do it, then they don't have the same intentions and it just never will work. From a really techie geek standpoint, which I can be sometimes, despite my beautiful <laughs> looks. The problem is when you copy that with Google and I'm like a search engine optimization Nazi, it just really messes up the SEO because you have duplicate content and Google doesn't like uh, duplicate content. So it's just like, really? Like, this is not going to be good for you. Google knows mine was there, but then now they're going to be questioning my site and I don't need people (laughs) questioning my sites. No, because our sites are legit. Legit. (laughs) Did you build the site yourself, your website? I didn't, no. Okay, what kind of platform do you have your website on? It's with Wix. With, oh, oh, gosh. Why boy. did you tell him oh, that? Jesus. Why did you tell oh, him that? <laughs> that knows how to build a website is going to like be like, why are you using Wix? I know, I know, I know. It's easy for me to maintain. <laughs> like, it's easy. Do you sell your products on there, on that website? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. You got to teach me. Uh, <laughs> Whatever, just tell me. I actually me. have the classes. I've been working Zakira knows because I'm like sending her these videos like, look at my new training video. Okay. Yeah. We have our, I know we keep talking about it, but really we're creating the training platform for WordPress. And it's funny because 
normally what we've been doing is sending a link to say WooCommerce and it says, hey, this is how you change product variations. But WooCommerce will be like, hey, this is t-shirt size, small, medium, large, extra large. And it's sometimes people just don't relate, you know, what this is, meaning t-shirts with hair. So there's not like that direct correlation. So that's why I'm doing it all. We're doing everything hair-based. Hair, it'll work for mink lashes, whatever your products are. And I think it will be able to kind of connect with people a little bit better. But you're saying I should use WordPress. Definitely should be working. The problem is with Wix, it's not bad for basic sites, but especially if you're doing e-commerce, the stuff that I can do with WooCommerce and WordPress that you can't do with Wix, it would blow your mind. I've heard that before. Yeah, like so I, I, said, I already know I'm missing out on a lot because people yeah. are like, the second you have a store on Wix, you're losing. Oh, and I'm like, God. I might as well sit <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's the stuff you can do on WordPress nowadays, especially when you get into like the really cool stuff. Yeah, it's just, I can't even explain. I mean, I said, I don't have much time. I try to teach as much as I can. And, you know, I'll sit, I'll sit down with a meeting with someone and she's on WordPress, thankfully. And we're kind of going through some of the stuff, set up the MailChimp for her, which we'll have a class on that. And I said, look, like, look at our numbers. I'll log into my system and say, this is specifically what it does. It works. And usually people's eyes light up like, oh, my God. So where is this training? Because I need that. It's coming. Oh, it's not here yet. Not here yet. He saying it's coming. Maybe (laughs) everybody just keeps asking him like every day. First of all, I don't think you're a member of the Start a Hair Business Facebook (laughs) group. So if you were in that group, you would see a little sample. I put a little sample. I put a little sprinkle in there. (laughs) A little sprinkle video to get people a little excited. Okay. You know, so just talk about Zakira's working on one for Canva. Do you use what, what? Programs yep. used for graphics, you use Canva? I definitely use Canva. Have and I use MailChimp for memes. Okay. Do you ever use PicMonkey? I try to use, I use PicMonkey to make my YouTube banner. Oh, but okay. Yeah. That took me five hours. Cause really? I was, I'm just, that's not my thing. Okay, I don't, okay. I don't, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's better just to hire some people. Yeah. yeah. Outsource. I learned how to delegate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for real. What other type of marketing are you doing? I mean, I know you're busy and stuff, so you're probably not it's not some top priority right now if you're pretty much always booked, but Mm -hmm. what are some of the marketing things that you've done to kind of get you where you are today? I'm really trying to be more serious about my email marketing because I did not know it was such a big thing until this year. So I do have someone that does my email marketing and she also does all of my like flat lays with my products and she does my graphics. But another thing is YouTube. I never wanted to be the face of my brand, which doesn't make sense because people directly relate to the person, like the face of the brand. I feel you on that one. (laughs) I feel you on that one. But everyone asks me what my YouTube channel is. And I have like mad old videos on there that I don't want people to see. So I'm just (laughs) like, I really need to start doing these videos. We need to start doing these videos. Yes. Yes. It has to be a priority because people are nosy. They want to see you vlog. They They want to see your face and expressions and stuff. And I just never find time to do that, but I need to. Yeah. It's videos. So important. I mean, we don't shoot enough videos. The only reason why is it just comes. It's so funny. It's the growth thing, right? When your business grows so fast and continues to grow, like finding good people and hiring good people, it's such a challenge. You're going to go through different people. You know, when we interview, we interview sometimes 20 people to find one good person that we're like, are you sure you're going to be here every day on time? Like not all these excuses. And we try to, you know, the work environment's pretty sweet, right? Especially if you love hair. I mean, oh my God, it's like a dream job in here, (laughs) right? right? So it's just that growth part that makes it hard because you get so busy. Like you're probably so busy all the time. And it's hard to prioritize that time. That's what I was about to say. I have learned that means we were just talking about what will be different next year when you're out of the room. And I've learned this year that I prioritized on certain business aspects that didn't make a difference with sales. So next year, I just need to be better with. So like, as you're saying, you guys are growing so fast. So you're probably prioritizing like certain things that never really was a thing to prioritize in the beginning when it was like working. That's what's happening with me. Like I was on Instagram every single day and I was like trying to do YouTube videos. That stuff worked and got me here. And then I just stopped doing it because then I started getting busy doing products and stuff like that. I have to go back to doing that and being the face of my brand. Yeah, it's just same thing. Like we talked about in the beginning (laughs) of the episode with Weave Dealer. Just I love the idea. And people see the episodes and they're like, oh, my God, that's really pretty good. You know, and it's just it was fun shooting and everything else. But it's when you get real busy, what's our priority right now? It's customer support, making sure these orders are out on time, because if an order ships late, people literally are freaking out because they booked their appointment 
a little too early. If you get to hear that, make sure you book your appointment a day or two later, please. Stop, stop harassing me. You confused me. You know, you know how people, no, always, yeah, they, no, they no, literally yeah. will be like, okay, what day will, if I order, today's Monday yeah. and I live in New York, what day will arrive? Oh, okay. Yes, ma'am. It will arrive on Wednesday. Okay. So I probably should book my appointment. The post office guy is going to deliver it around three. Uh, probably just book my appointment for four. I should be able to make it there in time. Yeah. <laughs> like what? That's how they and are. And you put a real. deposit down, and you're yelling at me that the you know the knuckleheads yeah. at the United States Postal Service oh, misdelivered your package, or there was a holdup or yeah. something. Yeah. Like, come on, you gotta think at least give me an extra twenty four hours, please. Yeah, I was watching this lady, and she was saying that it's not directly to what you were saying, but she was saying that you have 48 hours to respond in like the legal world or like the business world. But she said that ever since you could like contact a business on Instagram or Facebook or just easily email them, people think that they need a response or they are deserved a response like then and there. And they're deserved (laughs) for things to be like exactly on time. But she was saying that actually like, it never was that way. No, not at all. Yeah, you you have like forty eight hours to respond to this email. Don't email me back after you just emailed me the first hour and thinking that I was supposed to respond like a text message. It doesn't work I'm that way. Do that all the time. <laughs> yeah, when I started my first business in two thousand six, yeah, it was just all email based. It wasn't Facebook and all this ways to message you. But really, it's tough as a business owner because we do have a bunch of platforms and people are trying to find out, hey, I couldn't find my tracking for my package. They're sending me like a DM on Instagram or through Twitter or other stuff. Or like under we a have, picture. Yeah, if yes. you have, yeah, under a picture, oh my God, oh, like gosh. this is, it's making it difficult. Like we don't have your order number. We right. don't really, like you? your name, you know, Super Booty 22. Like I don't know how to look up your order with that. Right. Okay, Super, Super Booty. Super Booty 22. Yeah, have you Super seen that Booty. before? Huh? Or did you just make that up? No, I just made it up. I was oh, just thinking gosh. about some booty and how super it would you be. You were thinking about booty and how super it would be. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> but whatever, you know. So, but I'm just saying, like, there's so many ways to contact. But I can tell you one thing that we did put in place with our business was we used a customer relationship management system called Groove. It's GrooveHQ.com. What I love about that is on the corner of all our websites, it's a little uh, question mark. You click that and you can send us a message and it creates an actual service ticket. So it's sending us technically an email and it's done by email, but email is not really efficient if you are a busy business, just logging into like a Gmail account or something crazy like that. So this creates an actual support ticket. So we try to get people to contact us through our support ticket system because everybody knows nobody's going home until all the support tickets are answered for the day. Like if you go home and it's after five o'clock, okay, cool. So coming up with a system like that. So if you do have a business and you're listening to this and you're just running it off email, I highly do not recommend it. Email's fantastic, but look at a low cost, if not Groove, there's a couple other ones, but Groove is very affordable, a low cost CRM system because it will save you, you know, sometimes email go to spam. You were looking at your phone and you archived it by accident. There's so many, yeah, it's happened to everybody, right? But with this kind of support ticket system, it will really take your business and your support to the next level. Those are the kind of things we'd like to make sure our listeners understand is if you're super booty, don't comment, you know, where's your, (laughs) they just love that name. I'm going to go register and put my face there. I'm going to be like, hey, I'm going to have a video and be like, uh, uh." yeah, yeah. They're really not excited about that. If you could see them (laughs) anyway. So, yeah. So those are kind of some ideas, but um, I guess following up with everything you have going on, what are some tips that you can give our listeners as a stylist now for seven years? Going on eight. Yes. Going on eight years. What are some tips that new stylists that are, they might be in school listening to this they're going to get their first either job or maybe try to get a salon suite, which you say is probably not a good idea because there's you know more costs involved. What are some tips, maybe like three good tips for people to know that they're just getting out of school to kind of elevate their, their hair business? The number one and probably be one through three is education. Because in this industry, you kind of learn everything that you can at the beginning. And then after that, you just feel like you're the ish and you just know everything. So our industry is evolving every single day. So education is number one. I even still take classes. I usually go, I have an ulterior motive. I go to see how they're (laughs) teaching. but um, As you should research. Yeah, but I, I also do learn stuff. So definitely keep on taking classes. Ongoing education is important. 
The other thing I would say is to be intentional because I'm telling you, you will not keep clients if your intentions are not literally to care for your clients. They kind of pick up on that. And the second they're in somebody else's chair and they treat them better, they will be out the door. And then the third thing would be to brand your business. It doesn't even matter if you're in a salon, your chair is your business and it's your brand. And you can definitely brand it the way that you want to so that there's some future to it. And it's not just the chair, like, you know. You don't have to stay behind a chair forever in this industry anymore. People are really making it a business and starting different careers around it. I agree a thousand percent, especially on the third one, because I like to tell employees or just people that come up to me and say, oh, my God, I want to be an entrepreneur. I see what you're doing and all this stuff. It's so exciting. And I say, you know what? It's always not that exciting. There's like everyone always sees the good part about being an entrepreneur. They don't understand the struggles. You know, it's late at night and I can't turn my mind off where it's like a job. You left the job and you left the job. You're like, okay, cool. I don't have to worry about it till 9am. But the one thing I can say is if you're an employee for a business, it's okay. Not everyone's going to be an entrepreneur. Okay. When you're an employee for a business though, treat your job or what you do at the company like you are the owner. Yeah. When you have that mindset that you're the owner that, hey, you know, question things. Is this really right? Like, is this real? Can't we do this better? When you start doing that and bringing value to the business, it opens up a lot of doors Mm -hmm. because a lot of employees will go and be like, I'm just an employee. It doesn't matter what I do every day. This, that, the other. They're not really making headway in the company. A lot of it's because your mindset and your attitude is not right. You know, so even if you are a stylist and you really want to go for that salon suite, you have to kind of pay your dues initially to learn, see how the businesses run. Because a lot of people think just because I'm good at hair, you're going to be good at having your own business. There's probably a lot of things you go through with your business that's more than just making sure someone's curls look good. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? There's licenses. There's business licenses. Now I have payroll. With payroll. payroll. <laughs> yeah. And I'm learning. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with you though. So I think those are kind of the first steps. Yeah. So education, being intentional, mm-hmm. and making sure you brand yourself right. in your business. Right. Great one. Okay, great. Well, I think uh, we definitely going to have you back. Oh, for sure. We're going to have you some videos <laughs> as soon as we get our new studio set up cool. because we're getting into the natural hair extensions a little bit more like the 4C and R4C is so good. <laughs> and when you ask the difference, a 4C generally has a curl of about the space in between the curls, 12 to 13 millimeters. Ooh. Ooh. My eyebrows are raised, by the way. Yeah, trust me. <laughs> See, it's funny because like the I don't know how to do hair, but it, when it comes down to the product, I am so crazy and scientific and I'm like, nope, this is not, don't send me 15 millimeters. (laughs) I'm telling you, I need that, that 12 to 13. It's got to be super tight coil, you know? So (laughs) yeah, I'm just kind of crazy about that, but we're getting the natural hair. And even me, I love learning about this stuff because I like to get on, you know, the podcast or when I talk to other clients, I've learned all the stuff I know from stylists like yourself. We had our first guest was Dallas you know, and it's just, I'm so thankful that I can sit down with you here today and get information and learn more about natural hair because I think, you know, not everyone's obviously going to wear a weave or buy weave from us or one of our beautiful new thick wigs. <laughs> the kid just can't, she can't even with it. She know, you know about the new wig line is amazing though. Yeah. What is it? Thick. <laughs> Gosh, oh gosh. I just can't stop doing that. We cannot. We're so grateful for you joining us today, Julie. Where where can everyone find you? We got so much information. Yeah, what's your Instagram? What's your website? Where can people follow you? It's Embrace Me Naturally Everything. At Embrace Me Naturally on Instagram. My website is EmbraceMeNaturallySalon.com. Okay, I'm going to put that information in the show notes at HairBizRadio.com. So if you would like to find Jules online, you know, give her a nice little follow, get into see what she does with natural hair. Just go to Hair Biz Radio, episode six, and you'll see in the show notes, we'll have some nice links over. And that's about it. Anything else, Sakira? No, that's it. Okay. Well, make sure you subscribe and download all our podcasts and visit privatelabelextensions.com. That's our official sponsor because we don't have a sponsor. We might as well just be our own sponsor. Thank you guys for tuning in to Hair Biz Radio. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review or a comment if you guys got some valuable information from our guests that we have on here and from Mikey and myself. All right, guys. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>